It's hard to believe we're in the final month of summer and time isn't slowing down. Gearing up for fall always seems to be a hectic time of year for most. And August is just the quiet before the storm. And then we're off. It's the inevitable rat race of soccer practice, carpools, and homework, while still maintaining rhythms of work, housekeeping, and personal health. While pinning time management hacks and being an extraordinaire of easy dinners can help simplify things a bit, there is one area where we can't afford to make shortcuts. Today on Bloom, we'll discuss that no matter how busy life gets, we can't afford to neglect our first love by beginning each day in quality time with Jesus. I'm your host, Jen Robinson, for August 5th, 2022. Welcome to Bloom. This is a podcast designed to inspire, encourage, and grow women in their relationships with each other and the Lord. So we're back for another episode. If you're just tuning into Bloom for the first time, welcome. We launch a new podcast on the first Friday of every month. We are passionate about seeing women grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and living out our kingdom purpose for his ultimate glory. Now, if you've been a part of Bloom for some time, we'd love for you to share the content and invite others to join so that we can all grow together. The fall is an incredibly busy time of year in our house. If you aren't familiar with me and my family, a little bit about us, we keep a pretty steady but fast pace throughout the year, but fall always proves to be exceptionally active. Women's ministry kicks off with new ministry year. It's new monthly events, classes, small groups, and Bible studies launching. And for my husband, it's football season, which means long coaches meetings, game planning, practice, games, and of course, the 365-day job that is recruiting. We have one adult child in college and two younger kids, one going into fifth and the other one going into sixth grade. And the younger are both involved in school sports and activities. So basically, we don't really worry about ever being bored. The term spare time doesn't really mean much to us anymore. It's something we were familiar with, I think, at one point in our life, but we don't really experience too often anymore. Our family's days are truly demanding. Now, I don't say these things because we pride ourselves in busyness. I've known individuals and families who talk about their busy lives as if it's an accomplishment, like something to brag about. That is certainly not us. In fact, we are continually evaluating what can be reduced or eliminated altogether so we can have more available space in our day. Through God's grace in busy seasons, we become very efficient in getting things done and staying organized while still finding joy in the daily grind. Now, there was once a time when life was slower for us. When the kids were small, I was a stay-at-home mom full-time. Things just felt simpler. We had slow mornings. There, there wasn't this morning rush of pushing everyone out the door on time. The, you know, the kids and I joke about how I used to sound like Mary Poppins in the morning, you know, like bright and cheery. And now with the morning rush, I've evolved to sound more like Batman, as they like to say. There used to be more white space, as Juliet Font would say in our day. And if you're not familiar with the term white space, it's basically the white space on your calendar. It basically means there were more moments to breathe, reflect, and even dream and create. Now, other than the occasional appointments, my day was pretty blank. A lot of white space, so to speak. The calendar would be casually filled up with story time and snacks rather than back-to-back -back planning meetings. 
There wasn't a constant demand requiring my attention. The day was very routine, and I typically knew what to expect when I got up in the morning. It was a sweet time in our lives, though. It was what I believe a restful season for us, even though with two little ones at home. Wouldn't sound like a restful season, but when I look back, it really was. But it was also equipping us in ways that we couldn't anticipate by means that we would never have pieced together. And over the past couple years, God has brought us into a new season, a season of long days and hard work, which has forced us to be even more intentional about how we invest our time in making the most of each opportunity. When we began to transition into this fuller season a couple of years ago, Jesse and I knew it was time to make a shift. We needed to intentionally prioritize our relationship with each other and our family, but most importantly, intentionally beginning our day with Christ. So in a busy day, when could we meet with Jesus? We quickly narrowed down the option to one. The only way we were going to be able to most effectively do this was to wake up early in the morning and make it happen. You know, like 99% of the world, I look forward to my morning coffee. In fact, I'm usually looking forward to my coffee the night before and sometimes even once that last drop in my cup is gone. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way and others of you very much relate to what I'm saying. I enjoy the sweet taste of my cup of caffeine. It's mostly cream and stevia with a dash of coffee, but I always feel that boost of energy that coffee brings. And, you know, Jesse always thinks it sounds silly because he's not a coffee drinker. He doesn't get it. But it brings me a little joy in my morning. But even though coffee gives me a kickstart to my day, in these hectic schedules, I need more than just my daily dose of coffee. What I really need is to get my fill of living water and allow the Holy Spirit to permeate every fiber of my being in order to sustain me. Without Christ, I can have all the coffee in the world but still be running on empty. We need to be connected to God through His Word and meet with Him on our knees before heading out the door to another day of worshipful work. When you are living within the busy seasons of life, you can't get by with haphazardly stumbling into your daily time with Jesus. You must make it your first priority. So we're going to talk about three simple strategies you can incorporate to be more intentional with your morning meeting time with Jesus. The first strategy is stop making excuses. I will never forget one of the best lessons my mom taught me growing up. You make time for what's important to you. Quick story, when I was in 10th grade, this guy I had known for years and I were talking and one day I decided to give him my phone number so he could call me. That evening, I made sure I positioned myself by the phone. This was before I had a cell phone, and I didn't want to take the unfortunate chance of having any other family member answer the phone before I did. That was pretty much undoubtedly the most awkward thing that could happen in this situation. So I did what every teenage girl would do, and I sat by that phone, only moving to take quick bathroom breaks. Was it pathetic? Maybe a little bit. Would I do the same thing if I could do it all over again? Absolutely not. Because even in all my efforts to be leashed to my curly cord phone, he never called me that night. So the next day at school, I remember sitting next to him in economics, refusing to say the first word, pretending, you know, I hadn't noticed or cared that he didn't call. And finally, he spoke up and said, hey, I'm sorry I didn't call you last night. I had a lot of homework and studying. You get the idea. 
I felt somewhat better thinking he had a good excuse for not calling. But later, when I told my mom what he said, she hit me with that hard truth. You make time for what's important to you. And when she said that, it made me realize that even if he did have a lot of homework, he could have managed to spare a few minutes to call me. Those wise words have stuck with me ever since. And over time, it's transcended beyond my teenage crushes and into other areas of my life, my habits, my relationships, and my priorities. You want to know what matters to you? Take a good look at what you do on a daily basis, that no matter what, you make time for that particular thing or that particular person. That's what matters to you. You don't make up reasons why you don't have the time for something or someone that truly matters to you. Your day revolves around that one thing or one person, and no matter what, you are going to make time for it or them. Something you'll discover quickly about me is that I'm not a morning person. I'm also not a late person. I place high value on my sleep. I always have. You know, I read this statement once that said, are you a morning bird or a night owl? With the answer to the question being, neither, I am some form of permanently exhausted pigeon. And when I read that, I felt like that totally describes me. And I would make that excuse for years that I needed that extra 45 minutes to an hour of sleep in order to function as a civil member of society. But like most of us, once the day gets going, things are flying at us in all directions. You know, we think that we're going to fit it in at some point during the day. But then we have work deadlines, we're helping the kids with homework and driving them to practice, folding laundry and packing lunches. We take a call with a close friend who is going through something and needs someone to talk to. Before we know it, it's the end of another day and we find ourselves in an exhausted state once again. And then to wrap up the day, we fall back to mindless activities like watching Netflix or scrolling through Instagram. Now, in the book of Luke, we read about making excuses when it comes to spending time with Jesus. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells a story about an invitation to his great banquet. I'm just going to read a little portion of it. So I'm going to be in Luke chapter 14. I'm going to begin in verse 15. So if you have your Bibles or Bible app, follow along with me. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Now, the ultimate point of this story is that people often make excuses to accept Jesus' invitation to salvation. 
So our first step is always to receive his invitation for salvation. But what if you've already accepted Christ? So just like marriage vows, the relationship doesn't end at I do. In fact, it's really just the beginning. He invites us to spend regular, consistent time in his presence. He desires to be in close relationship with us. But a lot of times, like the story goes, we get caught up in our busyness and we make excuses to not meet with the master of the banquet. When we make excuses, what we're really saying is that other things are priority over Jesus. With the story of me back in high school, I picture God in my position, sitting there waiting for us to connect with him. But instead, we allow our distractions, demands, and pursuit of our personal desires to excuse us from our time with Jesus. If you want to have quality, consistent meeting time with Christ, you will have to reach a point when you stop allowing busyness or other excuses dictate your one-on-one with him. Now, the second strategy to being more intentional with your morning alone time with Jesus is by identifying your distractions and then eliminating them. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, which essentially means we communicate with him throughout our day, while we're driving in the car, while we're in between meetings, and in the simple mundane tasks like unloading the dishwasher. The amazing thing about our relationship with God is that we don't need an appointment to come to the throne of grace. We don't have to necessarily schedule our time with Jesus, at least not with him. Now, women, we are natural multitaskers. We thrive in managing several jobs at once. We can be on a business call while simultaneously make dinner and pack lunches. But the morning time with Jesus is not the time to multitask. In fact, it's the time for the exact opposite. Quiet, calmness, solidarity, focus. These are key words we're striving for in our morning time with Jesus before we tackle all the tasks in front of us that day. Oftentimes, we don't think of the word busy to describe Jesus' ministry on earth, but do you think that teaching crowds, performing miraculous healings, and raising up the first century church was a small feat? Not to mention having to handle all the accusations and threats from the religious leaders. I love the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. So much is happening within the span of this first chapter. Jesus is baptized, he's tempted by Satan, he begins his ministry, he calls his first disciples, he heals many who are sick, preaches, and casts out demons. He's coming in hot and he's just getting started. In the midst of the chapter, filled with all his preparation, leading, healing, and ministering, take a look at verse 35. Before Jesus goes to Galilee to preach, it says, And rising very early in the morning... While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. I'd imagine saving the world didn't leave a great deal of white space in your day. And still, Jesus knew the importance of removing himself from the distractions, the noise, even the people, to be alone with God. He acknowledged his need to be one-on-one with the Father. And if the Son of God needs to separate himself from his surroundings and find a quiet place to be in the Lord's presence, how much more do we need to? Now, the first question you have to ask yourself is, what are your distractions? We have to start by identifying what our main distractions are before we can begin to eliminate them. Maybe for you, you need complete silence. No sound of the TV in the background or music playing. Maybe you need to set yourself in a room or walk-in closet so you can shut the door and just focus on him. 
And one of the things I've noticed about myself is that it's very hard for me to have alone time with Jesus if I'm in a messy environment. Jesus would often retreat to a beautiful garden to pray. Well, I don't really have a beautiful garden, but I do have my living room. But if I'm sitting in my living room and I see dirty dishes in the sink or things around me that need picked up, that is a distraction for me because my mind will shift from what I'm doing to mapping out the plan of what needs cleaned up. And sometimes we have to change our environment in order to have complete focus. Maybe sitting still is difficult for you and you need to be moving. One of the things that I love to do sometimes is go on a prayer walk. It's a great way to be surrounded by nature while also being in motion. Moving also helps to fight that morning fatigue so your mind can stay sharp on your reading, prayer, and quiet listening. And once you identify what your distractions are, it becomes much easier to eliminate them. For example, I don't operate well in chaos and disorganization. I need a clear, clean space in order to focus. So in order to make sure I eliminate that distraction, I pick up the living room, I straighten it all up the night before, and I load the dishwasher so that everything is nice and tidy. And in the morning when I come downstairs, I'm not tempted to fixate my eyes on my surroundings. In order to be intentional, you need to identify your distractions and then you need to eliminate them. Now the third and last strategy we're going to discuss is to prepare your heart in advance. It's good to cultivate an anticipation for your meeting time with Jesus. Remember how I mentioned that I look forward to my morning coffee the night before? I literally anticipate the moment I get to take that first sip of French vanilla goodness. There is no moment in the day like it for me. We should have that same heart attitude towards waking up to be with Jesus, though. Now, I will admit, this might take some time, especially if this is a new routine for you. If waking up and beginning your day with Jesus is a new adventure, at first, you might see it more as a discipline than a desire. It might be challenging at first to not hit the snooze and to get out of bed in the morning, especially when you're still feeling the lingering side effects from yesterday's demands. But once you develop the pattern of meeting with Jesus in the morning, you'll eventually notice that you'll want to linger longer. You'll want to talk with him longer. It changes from being something you do to something you genuinely desire. Just like your morning cup of coffee, you will crave your time with Jesus. Desiring Jesus is the evidence of a growing relationship with him. But even once you reach this point, there are still ways to be intentional to prepare your heart in advance. One of the most effective ways is to plan your morning the night before. When planning ahead for the next morning, the Bible gives us an unlikely, seemingly insignificant, but diligent source to learn from. Proverbs 6, verse 6 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. I think it's interesting that on the topic of planning ahead, God didn't choose the example of one of his disciples or biblical heroes mentioned in the Bible. He uses a humble, hardworking ant. Now, if we consider all the areas of our lives, we plan meeting agendas for work. We manage our time with calendars and create reminders for our to-do lists. So why do we take such a casual approach in our time with Jesus? We can't just stumble into our time with Christ. Just like I would utilize the night before to eliminate distractions, the night before is a great opportunity to develop a plan for your morning. Now I'm going to share our morning routine with you. 
and what has worked for us. Are you ready for this? So first off, our mornings begin at 4.30. Now whether you think we're rock stars or crazy, I will say this was a huge adjustment for me in the beginning. You know me, the permanently exhausted pigeon. But in order for us to have adequate time in our Monday through Friday routine, this is the time we have to roll out of bed. Our routine begins with 20 to 30 minutes of a workout, which we discuss and plan out the night before. What exercises are we doing? What muscle groups are we working? How many repetitions and sets of each move are we doing? It's all mapped out so we know exactly what to expect. Now, I realize you might be wondering why we are starting the morning with our workout when we're supposed to be starting with Jesus. So the rationale in our decision was because when we first started this routine and began with Bible reading, we were so tired, it was hard to focus. I mean, we eventually learned that we needed to be active first because it gets the blood flowing and the heart pumping, which helps us become more alert. So we switched our workout to be the first thing on the morning agenda, and it's been really effective for us ever since. Now, once our workout is finished, then we jump right in and we spend another 30 to 40 minutes with a Bible reading and prayer time. Now, right now we're reading through the Bible apps plan, one story that leads to Jesus, followed by a time of prayer. I highly recommend a devotional plan such as this because not only does it get you in the word, but bonus It does all the planning for you. All you need to do is follow along. It's super easy. But you could also incorporate other devotionals in your reading. Maybe something on a specific topic that you relate to or something that resonates with where you are in life. These can be anything such as devotions for moms of teens, blended family life, or leadership inspiration. Being married to a coach, I enjoy listening to devotions for coaches' wives. You could also spend some time journaling, even if it's only for a few sentences. With your prayer time, we can consider writing out a short list the night before of what you want to talk with the Lord about. You know, what burdens are pressing you today? Who do you want to intercede for that day? Or what ways do you want to praise Him? Just like workouts, your time with God doesn't have to be the same each day. Incorporate different ways to engage with him. Spending time in worship or focusing on something specific like an attribute of God's. There are so many creative ways to spend time with Jesus. But just like the ant, it's so good for us to be diligent and to plan ahead. Now, if you've been doing this a while and your excitement has waned a bit, it might be time to switch things up. This is meant to be a special time of the day. It's not a chore. It's not a task or something to cross off your to-do list. We're meeting with the King of Kings. That's no small thing, friends. Jesse and I refer to this time as our sweet spot of the day. It's the sweetest moment that we experience. It might begin as a discipline, but it will soon become a desire. Start off your day right by being intentional in your time with Jesus. Stop making excuses, identify distractions and eliminate them, and prepare your heart in advance. No matter what demands are in your life or how hectic your schedule becomes, remember, but first, Jesus. Thank you for listening to Bloom. We'll see you back here next month. In the meantime, keep growing and God bless. 